Six Pack Lapida. Today we got on Gabrielle Santa Rosa, aka Gab or Gabby. Um, and it's a good nickname, not just because that's short form for her first name, but Gab, you know, the gift of Gab, the gift of talking. And uh, my girl can talk. She is a elite powerlifter as well as a bodybuilder. She's prepping for a show coming up. So we talk a bit about both of them and um, everything from, I mean, dieting and training and coaching and starting off in the field to what it's like being on social media in this environment and everything in between. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And by all means, go over to her social media, give it a like and a follow because she's always posting good shit, has good comments and carries you along for the prep of both her powerlifting and the bodybuilding side of things. And things get interesting, and she's not shy to tell you what's up. So, uh, with no further ado, let's get in it. Okay, so for, for myself, I remember, like, when I first seen you, um, I think I posted somebody squatting, and you commented, and this is how I find a lot of people, I, I can do that. I think that was you, right? Something along those lines. And I was like, Really? So I, t I clicked on you to check it out. And I was like, no shit. She can, she can, she can do what she's saying. Because um, it's, it's weird when you're doing like King of the Lifts, uh, it's hard to like find people. There's so many powerlifters out there in the world, right? There's like right. thousands all over. And people send you videos in the DMs, which I need, because like how else am I going to find anybody? And sometimes right. people get frustrated like, Man, I've been, some people go to like my personal account and are like, I've sent you so many videos and you're not responding or whatever. I'm like, man, it's, you know, it's difficult. It is tough. I need people. Right. Send, or some people feel sheepish about sending me a video. Like, oh, I know I'm sending you a video. It's like, no, no, no. I need you. You, you help me by sending videos. Like, I can't be everywhere. There's so many like feds, so many like if the world's a big place. So right. um, you popped up on my radar and this was like, I don't know how long ago, not crazy long ago, but it was, it was like within the year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so we were, we were just talking before we started recording and yeah, it was 2019 when you decided I'm going to start powerlifting. So it wasn't like I was like sleeping on this. Like you would just arrive and arrived in a pretty, you started shifting some big numbers pretty quick, but it's, yeah. but it's one of those deals probably we'll get into it, but where all right, you're seeing the end product. I, I shouldn't even, at 23, I would say end product, but you're seeing a product now, but there is obviously going to be more to the story. You just didn't wake up out of bed and start squatting over a hundred, like 400 pounds. You know, I think, what was the kilos? 187.5? Yeah, that was my, that's like my all time. No, yeah, not my all time competition max. Yeah. Competition max, 187.5. Like somebody your size doesn't just, bam, I'm squatting in the 400s. Like that just doesn't, so we're, let, let's back it up for people listening. Where, where and, and do I call you Gabrielle or is it Gabby? You can call me Gabby. Gabby, all right. Yeah, So perfect. where does this come from? How did you start shifting weights and when did you find this? So I started training in general um, about 2016, kind of out of high school. I played sports my whole life. Um, and a lot of, I feel like my, muscle development came from 14 years of gymnastics, um, which I did since I was 
just a little child. Um, so I did 14 years of gymnastics. After that, I played some sports in high school. And then after high school, I was kind of like, well, I still want to stay active. So I started going to the gym. But I feel like fitness was kind of just like becoming a thing, um, like a trend, I guess you could call it. Hmm. So I was that girl in the gym doing her booty band kickbacks. And <laughs> <laughs> it was me. I admit it. Um, but yeah, and then like, I never really got like a sense of, of like strength based training or like how to actually like program myself or, or anything along those lines. So, um, in about 2018 is when I kind of was just like, all right, like I need to do something else. So the relationship I was in at the time, he was like a power builder. So he kind of got me into, I got my first belt. I got my first pair of Romelios. And I'm like, I'm a power lifter. And um, yeah, I was squatting like 185. You know, I finally hit 225 in, in 2017 or 18. And, you know, from there you kind of build. And then I'll never forget the first time I hit 315. I was just like, wow, like I never expected to hit like three plates on a bar ever. Um, and just over time, like I always incorporated squats into my any of my programs that I did. So obviously over time you practice, 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 you get stronger. And um, everyone's like, why don't you power lift? And I was like, uh, and this is very ignorant of me and I'm being completely honest. I always said like, I didn't like the way that female powerlifters looked. And really? oh, I, no yeah, like that was just like, what, was it, it, was, what very, was it about it that you didn't, that you didn't think you liked how they look? So now that I follow so many, it, there is no one standard look, right? True. true. It it's very true. And and again, for anybody watching this, this was extremely ignorant of me. However, I always just got this image in my head that female powerlifters were just really dense, um, you know, very bulky looking. And I was just like, oh, like I don't want to go through that. Like I don't, I don't want my body to look like that. Because essentially, like the strength was there, but I was always training for aesthetics. Mm. And, um, so after I kind of learned more, started following the sport a little bit more, seeing girls from, you know, 105 pounds to, you know, over the two twenties, like there, there's a range, there's no fit look for a female powerlifter. I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and I did. And I think that just from going through that prep you just see like you're like holy shit like I can I can do that I can do that and I can do that and you just like you you, you fall in love with you know just constantly like, getting stronger and stronger which we'll get into then about how I did <laughs> three meets in four months um but no I just like remember hitting then like 365 in training and everyone's like you're like pounds away from record like state records national records and I'm like no like and I never looked into it and I was like okay I kind of am so um I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt but this was the thing though I I never benched so my bench was <laughs> why didn't you bench were you just like why didn't you bench is there a reason I just um when I trained upper body I only hit like back and shoulders I never really trained chest much um I never really trained arms much again going back to like just the way I wanted to look like the aesthetics uh, okay. part of it so I never benched and I figured my squat carried over to my deadlift so I'll never forget the first time I ever sumo deadlift I hit like 335 
And um, I was like, wow, if I actually train deadlifts, like I can, cause I always did it for like 15 to 20 reps of like 135, 185. Like I never went for like a one time max. Yeah. And um, then I remember joining Warhouse where it's like, you got the deadlift bar, you have powerlifters surrounding you where you're not at a commercial gym and you feel weird, like bringing chalk out and like right. screaming, you know, and salt yeah. and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, so, um, so yeah, so then I, I finally started benching and my coach, Kyle, he's just somebody that goes to Warhouse and, um, phenomenal coach. Like he literally was with me every session, like didn't matter if it was an hour or four hours, like he took all the time he needed with me. And, um, he taught me how to bench and I finally got a little arch in my bench and I was like, okay, <laughs> I can, I can bench. So I went from like the first time I started my program, I was like at 115. And then before my first meet, I think I hit 165. But then in competition, I don't remember what my, I think I went for like 171 or something and I failed it. Um, but that was like my gym PRs. And then I was like, if I keep training this, you know, two, three times a week, like my bench is going to go up and I'm actually going to have like a decent total. Um, and my squat is my strongest lift. Like I, I love to squat. And I think that that carries me a lot of the way. Cause a lot of the girls in my weight class, like our deadlifts are right there. Their benches are way above me, but my squat just will always, I feel like carry me. Um, so then I did my first meet in August of last year and I was in the 165 weight class. Cause I, I'll be honest with you. I just did not give a shit. I was just like, I'm just going to eat. I'm going to train. I'm going like, to lift heavy. Were you legit 165? <laughs> I think I weighed in at like 158, but that was after a water cut. I was sitting around 163, like all Whoa. prep. You water cut it for two, cause you have 24 hour weigh-ins, right? Yeah. With USPA. Um, <laughs> I just wanted a better Wilkes. That was all I was worried. Oh, okay, I was like, okay. even if I, if I cut like a couple pounds, like I was like, all right, like I'll, yeah. I'll my Wilkes will adjust a little bit. That's um, true. but then, and it was just a local meet. It was my first meet. And like two nights before my meet, my coach was like, you're going to set national records. And I was like, really? Okay. All right, let's do this. So I went. I remember my opener and my second attempt, my second attempt was 396. And then I went for 407, my third attempt, and I missed it. And I was like, so frustrated. And, and in that moment, I was just like, I'm doing another meet. I don't care if it's next weekend. I don't care. Like, this was so irresponsible of me. I was like, I'm finding another meet. I'm doing it. Um, but I had a pretty decent total um, after that meet. And I, I felt good. Like, I felt, you know accomplished that it was my first meet and I got all four PA state records and then for juniors at least not open um and then I had set the uh, national record but um then I decided yes I'm gonna do another meet and that was September 21st in New York and um it was crazy too because my third my opener was three uh, ninety six, which was my second attempt in August. My second attempt was four oh seven that I had missed in August, and then it moved so well. I mean, like I look at the video all the time, and it just like 
it it did. Do you, it like do you really watch it all the time? I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love that you just admitted that you're like, look, I watch this every Sunday. Can I review that thing? I got to live that moment. Everyone's got to lift. Look, I've been powerlifting over 10 years. I got a couple lifts every now and then. I'll go back and be like, let me see that fucking thing. Moment. Exactly. Just the way it moved. Like, it was yeah. just, it's so smooth. Like, oh my God, everything, the step out the rack. Like, there was nothing about that lift that just, it was just perfect. In my eyes, it was perfect. When it hits, so, it hits. When it actually, when you hit one of those lifts, everyone who's listening knows, like, when you're like, oh my God, I was just, the bar path was on. It didn't matter what was coming my way. That, it was, it was going to get banged out that day. Exactly. You know? Yep. And I feel like a neat setting is just so much different. Like, when the adrenaline's rushing 100%. and you're just like, you're, you're just in a completely different, like, mental state. And, um, so then what I did was my coach was like 418. And I was like, eh, we're going 424. And <laughs> he was not <laughs> You had to fight that. for those four pounds. You're like, I won't have it. I won't have I it. I was like, yeah, like I just wanted it. Cause I, I remember failing it in training. Mm. And I was like, I was like, I just want, I want 424. I want it. I can do it. And he was right. It just, it wasn't there. And then you know I start crying and he's like, oh no! He's like, <laughs> did you feel? Oh no! Yeah, I was an emotional mess. I like ran to the bathroom. I was like, I'm so stupid. I was like, I'm Why so is that stupid. <laughs> you beat yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was. It was a mess. Like I was so I was so frustrated with myself. And then I was just like, you know what? Just brush it off. Like you have bench, and I hit a bench PR, which was 187. I had hit 190 in training, but I mean, that was a huge meat PR for me. So I took it and then I hit an all-time deadlift PR, which was 424 um, ever. So that I've never even pulled that. So I was having a lot of issues with like my hip flexors, um, considering I prepped for about four months and then I continued after my first meet to go another six weeks. Um, I was, again, super not smart. And... Um, <laughs> I was experiencing, you know, injuries like my, I remember, I think I deadlifted maybe once or twice from August to September 21st. Um, Cause my hips just couldn't even get like 225 off the ground. What I was, was in. Going, like, did you feel an acute pain when it happened or was it just. It just literally, I think it was just fatigued. Like yeah. there was no specific injury. Um, but I just remember just feeling any sort, anytime I'd go wide stance, which then took over in having me to like start narrowing my squat stance a little bit because the wider I was, I just kept feeling this like really like nagging pain in my hips. And, um, and then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to push through it. And I tried, you know, getting the tissue. I tried doing all the recovery process for it, but at the end of the day, it was just like, I just needed to take a time off of, of lifting so heavy for such a long period of time. And, um, then I wish I would have known this, but I had already qualified for the USPA, um, North American championships in August, but I didn't know that. So then when I found out in September, I was like, we're going to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a hiatus after all. Yep. So, and my coach was like, he was like, oh my God, Gabby, like think this through. And I'm like, it's already thought through. I have it's already, <laughs> it's, 
yep, I already decided and that is it. So, um, yep. So then we went to Vegas in November and I get, and this was another thing too, with talking about like different federations and stuff. So, um, I was really excited cause I was like, I was like, yeah, like this is going to be like, I can finally feel like I can go to like head to head with somebody or have somewhat of competition because I think that that's like a big part of me too like yeah of course it's always you versus you but at the end of the day too like you want to compete against other people yeah and local meets um you know with all due respect to every lifter that attended in August and September I just there wasn't really anybody that I had in competition with and there was at one point I think in September where there was only two other girls in my weight class Mm. and um you know, they're very small local meets. You get a couple people and especially with the smaller weight classes, I feel like they're, they're smaller, um, or there's less competitors, but I was like, yeah, like I'm really excited to go to Vegas. So I started kind of looking at like open powerlifting, trying to see like different lifters that might be there, might go. And, um, I was like, you know what? this will be fun. This will be interesting. And same thing. Even when we got to Vegas, I think I competed against like seven other girls. Um, now I did drop a weight class. So the 165 weight class was a little bit more stacked than the 148, but I just decided I was like, you know what? I'm like right in the middle. I was around like 153, 154. And I was like, do I want to fill this out or do I want to try to drop to the 148 and Hmm. maybe you know do a little bit more damage so to speak because I was hitting around the same numbers so my coach was like all right let's go for it let's let's cut so I started cutting and this is where a funny story comes in so (laughs) a cutting story I've heard a few (laughs) so we go to Vegas and water cutting that week and we flew in two days prior to the meet so I was extremely dehydrated flying and first off we get there right so our flight was at like six o'clock in the morning so we're driving at like two thirty, three o'clock and we're like taking our time we're like oh no you know it's early nobody's here and we're walking our luggage and the girl that um, was competing with, there was three of us that flew out to compete and one of the girls lost her, her keys. And I'm like, Oh my God. And in her keys was her wallet and her ID and everything. Now, thank God she had her money separately, but she, you can't fly without your ID. So we're freaking out and we go to get in luggage and she's like, I'll figure it out. Like I'll find it. And they're like, we're not accepting luggage. You guys are too late. And I'm like, no no way right now. I was like, we, I was like, weigh-ins are tomorrow. I was like, we have, like, we have to go. And I was like, when's the next flight? And she's like, not till tomorrow night. And I was like, no, like, please. Like I I started crying. I'm like, you have to let us on the plane. And she's like, all right. She's like, go, go, go. But still, Sarah oh, it doesn't worked. have her. Oh, shit. Yeah, that, it did. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it worked. Pull out the teardrops. Yeah, but then she threw a nice late sticker on her luggage. And um, Sarah still couldn't find her keys. So we're at security. And she's like, listen, like, I, I lost them. Like, I don't know where they are. And so she had to go through, like, triple security. Because I guess in those moments, like, you know, they're obviously not just letting anybody on mm. an airplane. 
So we finally got through security and we're just sitting there and we're like so stressed out and we're running, we're running. And they're like, they were literally, as we were uh, like getting onto like the ramp, they were like closing the door. And I was like, no, I was screaming halfway down the airport. And the, I don't know how like this all worked out. It's God's way of saying, Hey, you were supposed to be in Vegas that day, but they let us on the plane and we're just all sitting on the plane. Like, Oh, did this just happen? It was just a really, really stressful morning. So here I am, and then they're chugging water, and I'm like, well, I am on a water cut right now, and I cannot have that, so I am dehydrated. And we get off the plane, and I'm so exhausted. I'm so dehydrated. I couldn't even carry, like, my suitcase, which was 40 pounds. And I'm like, how am I going to lift 400 and something pounds tomorrow bench deadlift like what am I like I was I was really freaked out so then finally we weigh in I weighed in at like 147.6 and I was like all right I made it by like a pound I'm good and um I finally tried to eat and the minute I put food in me I just threw I just kept throwing up like I could not even after Pedialyte everything like I could not keep any food down so as the night goes on I'm like 147 146 I dropped down like I was yes (laughs) I couldn't keep any food down in me and I'm just like we came out here for nothing like it was probably the most stressful time I've ever experienced and um finally that night I was able to keep a bagel down and I was like all right that's step one let me see how I feel in the morning it's competition day like let me try to get in as much food I was only able to get in a banana and like half a Rice Krispie treat, but I was just like, you know what? It's something. What was so, it do you think? Why do you think you, was it like the cortisol levels were high, you were stressed, dehydrated, and the body just I think wasn't everything, high? just yeah. everything. Like I could not keep, like I said, anything down. I was just like, I know like with dehydration, like that can happen, mm. but like I was still, I was trying to like fuel myself but actually I was actually really fortunate um enough that we were in Vegas so they had IV centers downstairs for people that get like blacked out drunk so I had gotten an IV in me the night before yeah in in the hotels in Vegas they do so I think that was why I was able to eat that night and then also eat like the following morning so I got an IV in me which hydrated me a little bit um a lot actually tried to get in some Pedialyte and I was like, you know what? And of course, like we were at like nine o'clock in the morning. So we're warming up at like around eight. And that was another thing too, that I never, I never prepared for this, like trying to lift a little bit earlier in the day. Cause I always lift at night. And, um, you know what? I just, I like, I always say to myself like, Oh, like if we would have flew in a day earlier, or if I would have just dieted properly and not had to have done a water, like, you know, there's always going to be like, what if, what if, what if, but, um, but it worked out and I competed at technically 147. So in the 148 and I hit, this is where I, I screwed up and this is where I have to always like try to get better in this aspect. So depth is always my issue with squats. Like I try to hit parallel most of the time, but I've always, and this comes from, I had 385 on my back one time and I was down in the hole and the guy just let me just drop. And he's like, <laughs> oh, you had a spotter and you're like, my man, you know what your job was, right? 
You yeah. have one job. <laughs> you have one job, buddy. Okay, and he's a great friend of mine, so I don't want to throw him under the bus, but I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah. I'm at the bottom of, with 385 on my back, and he's like, he has it, right? And he's like, let it go, let it go. I'm like, you cannot lift 385 just like off of you like this. Yeah. So we both like <laughs> rolled back. And <laughs> yeah. This is you guys both did like a, a ninja roll backwards with 385 in between you. This is a I am terrible. I'm going to DM you the video because I have it. Oh wow. Oh my god. It was it was horrible. So ever since then I have been like terrified to hit depth like and it's such a like stupid excuse but I'm like I always play it safe. And I I think for the most part, I've only got called depth once in a competition. Like I always do hit parallel and I can feel like right where I'm getting my weight, but that is my sticking point. So my second attempt, I got called for depth and I knew it. And I was just like, the weight wasn't even heavy, but there was just like that mental fear in me. Like if I don't sink it, if, or if I do sink it, like I'm not coming up. Mm. And I did, I played it safe and it didn't work for my second attempt. So Kyle was like, how did it feel? And I was like, honestly, that was like RP, like eight and he's like do you want to go up and I was like I'd rather just hit it again sink it and like be good um so I hit 413 for my third attempt and that was the USPA national world record um and then bench another I screwed up I was hitting 185 consistently in training for my top singles so I tried to send 192 on my second attempt and those pauses are a little long sometimes. <laughs> Competition's different than gym, right? Yeah. <laughs> Way different. So I, it didn't really come off my chest, maybe like two inches. And at that moment, I was just like, you know, you live and you learn. And I was like, and at, at that point I had to take it again because you can't go down. So same thing, third attempt didn't get it. So I only ended up hitting like 171. And that was my opener. And then for deadlifts, um, I hit 413 my second attempt. And 437 was also a junior world record. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I've never hit this in training. Um, I've never really hit close to it. 424 was my all-time max. But that 10 pounds can definitely make a difference. Um, and it did not get off the ground. But you know what? I tried. <laughs> Oh no! I tried and I feel like moving forward like when I look back at like kind of all the like I don't want to say stupid decisions I made but like a not really listening to my coach's decision and like him being like Gabby like we're gonna put this in as your next attempt versus you doing whatever you want because <laughs> I can't right. tell you how many times I've went over to the table and I'm like I'm changing that <laughs> and oh, he's really? like he's yeah he's just like all right like you know he coached me so well through like all of, all of these, these preps that like, I don't know, he just knew my body so well. So for me to be just so stubborn and not just like listen to it. And his theory was your opener should be something that you should hit, like obviously on a, a bad day, no matter what. Right. Mm. Um, and then your second attempt, he was like, should be, or should try to be like a matched PR whether it was gym or competition. Um, I know that's going to vary, obviously, depending how long ago you hit it, if your weight has changed, things like that. Um, but, and then your third attempt, he's like, I want you to try to go for like a new PR. So his mindset and this kind of 
um, like he kind of rubbed this off on me is like, and people find this weird when I say it, but like that you should never want to go nine for nine. And he's like, if you go nine for nine, he's like, you didn't really test like your true strength. Cause it's like, what if that third attempt and, and I, and I've had this conversation with people a bunch of times. They're like, well, what if you grinded out your third attempt? And like, that was like, you're all max effort. And and I'm like, okay, that's a little bit different. But what if you like smoked your third attempt and you're like, I could have done a little bit more. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. So a couple, if you're in a competition where you can afford to miss some attempts, 100% let it fly. But if you're um, neck and neck, and it's like we need every attempt like we can't it's not just a max out so kind of i know what i know what he's thinking 100 when you're when you're doing your first few meets you're like let's just have fun let's get some prs on the board let's see what you you could do right um but then if you end up like head to head and it's like uh mariana gasparian versus steffi cohen it's like yeah yo we can't miss right she's not like that's that's like it's different right right it's a little different so he's he's recognizing who's in your field is there money on well there's not a money meet this is fun let's just let's just push it and see what kind of numbers we can hit and then you find out too the more you're competing is like some days like what your previous best is you show up and you're like man this is a total different ball game like the cortisol levels are through the roof in terms of stress how was the water cut eating and the whole night how was the warm-ups how did that opener move and then you're like ah let's do this instead like the day of you do audibles right you're like well but i know i know where you're coming from and all powerlifters know where you're like you have like a romantic attachment to certain numbers because you thought about it in training and you're like this no 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 listen my third i thought about this this is what i want my third to be and you're at the table changing the numbers he put in he's like that's exactly what i did (laughs) but it is what it is right i mean you got to live and learn though I mean, this is your third competition. This is the yeah. You, you got it. You got it. What a person can tell you, or you could read about it, read a blog, see a V blog about it. But unless you go through it and live it, and then you know, like, all right, okay, you know, it's, that's you can't buy experience. Sometimes, even like sometimes, I remember one post you posted. I think I hit a. It was when I hit four hundred five for a triple. You know, like there was like so many comments like holy testosterone they're like what what is she inject? yeah and i'm just yeah. like bro like all right but, you know like you don't need to take it that far people, <laughs> but thing like that you got that'll come from a dude who's got x amount of testosterone in him and isn't going to be able to hit that and is like 50 pounds heavier it that's well usually he's a guy who it's usually yeah. a guy, a very rarely are girls trolls for whatever reason. It's usually Correct. a guy. Correct, you're absolutely right. Right? And then it's usually a guy. And um, he's, if you check out his page, probably on private, and he's not doing much of anything. So he's, <laughs> ma- he's you're making him feel certain ways about himself. It's always, I mean, this is in life, period. It's almost never you, it's them. In terms right. of, you know what I mean? And it's like, uh, 100%, it's, also, yep. it's also this, look, at life's short whatever the fuck someone wants to do with their own body, let them, what the hell do I, if you want to go on the weekend and drink booze, you want to eat meat, I don't, like whatever your diet is, whatever you do on your weekends, whatever you're doing for a performance, you're like, look at, I just want to put it. What do I care? What I don't care what another person's doing. They can right. do whatever they want to do. So why feel the need to be like, raise your hand and say, yeah, but, but it's the yeah, buts that in the comments get me where it's like, it's impressive, but, and it could be like the arch, but sumo, but there's always something. 
And there it's like, is always something, correct? Why, yep. the butt, why the butt, my friend? And I usually, I don't like, I kind of like when people are open and talk about it, like you're talking about it, where um, like if, you, if you're one of the lifters in the untested or like bodybuilding is far more, like I think there's far fewer, because what bodybuilding does to you when you're on that much of a def, calorie deficit to get that lean, you eat away on your own muscle mass if you're total natty for bodybuilding. It's different than powerlifting. Like you could powerlift and you're not eating your own muscle mass away by lifting. So it's okay. Right. There's far more like natty powerlifters, but in bodybuilding, when you're in that kind of deficit and you're doing what you're doing, getting that lean, the amount of muscle mass, because I had a buddy who was a natty bodybuilder and the amount of muscle mass he lost at the end to get that as lean as he needed to. When I saw him on stage, he looked great. But when you saw him in real life, I was like, my man, you've like, it took you as a, as a guy who's natural so long to put on this muscle mass and you lost so much at the end to get the leanest you needed before you go on stage. And he's like, Oh, it'll take me two years to get back to where I was. It'll take me forever. And my hormones are messed up. Like I'll, you know, you, you, they almost. It's a, such a different ballpark. Like it's a different ballpark. Yeah. Way, way, way different. And I think that that's where like, I haven't really found. And like, people ask me this all the time. They're like, where are you going to go? Are, are you going to, cause this was another thing too. So, um, I had went to opposing seminar for bodybuilding and they had told me you have to lay off your upper body. Like whatever you're doing is you're getting too dense for what you're competing in, which is like the NPC new, um, their new division, the wellness division. And mainly it was my traps and I'm like, okay, those are from deadlifting. Right. And I was starting to get a little bit broader up top. And they want a very petite bikini looking like upper body. Now the shoulders are a little bit bigger. So one of the IFBB judges said to me, like, you know, just when you train upper body, just train your shoulders. That's it. And I'm like, well, fuck. Like now I got to give up benching. Now I got to what stop deadlifting because my traps are getting too big. So yeah, it was really, really like kind of a hard pill to swallow. And I'm like, well, I love following like a power building program all right, where I'll squat, bench, deadlift, whatever. And then I'll hit all my accessory work. Like I don't, the dieting, um, you know, that's something different, but for like, for just for my training. And, um, I said to myself, I'm like, well, like, what am I going to do now? Like, I don't want to lose all my strength. Right. So I kind of came to the conclusion that this is what works best for me right now for my training. So I can still squat, um, two times a week. And I usually have like one heavy single day and then like one volume day. And, um, for deadlifts, like I can pretty much only pull like once every 10 to 14 days. And I usually do it for very low volume just to keep my strength and just Mm. to feel the weight, but not necessarily like work on, I guess, progressing in in it. Um, but just to get the weight in my hand, just see what I can kind of still pull for my singles. Um, I do all my programming myself right now. So sometimes I'll do like a top set of three or like the other day I had a, a, which I never do a top set of five, but I'm like, you know, I kind of, I miss it. I miss the the powerlifting environment. Like I I do miss powerlifting and like, I'm never going to know where my heart kind of lies until, like I said, I get on stage. I see how that goes. Um, obviously with COVID, this has been like a huge mess because originally, (laughs) originally I was supposed to compete in April, um, in bodybuilding. So I said, April was, um, 
my show date April 11th. And then I was going to really just kind of relax like May and June, not relax, but just kind of get back into the swing of training. You know, after you get off of a show or a meet, you kind of just want to chill for a little bit. Um, and then once June hit, I was going to start prepping for the USPA North American Championships, which is held in October this year. And it's two weeks before my 24th birthday. So that was where I was going to be able to finally pass my junior world record for squat, maybe get something on bench. Another state record would be great. <laughs> and then hit the world record that I wanted on deadlift. And then I would also have um, the, uh, it wasn't a world total, but a national total. And that was the goal. That was what I kind of wanted to go out with finishing up being 23. And um, unfortunately, it did not happen like that. And I made the decision that I was going to try to get on stage first. So next meet that I do with powerlifting will be an open, which is fine. Um, but to keep up with those 148ers, I mean, that's, um, I look at some of those records on, on open powerlifting or USPA.com and they are very high number. <laughs> there are some monsters out there. Here's a, but on the flip side, so when you're doing like any kind of bodybuilding style shows and you're in deficits, your strength isn't going to be like those girls are training nothing but powerlifting all year round. So just like gains, 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 and they're constantly pushing. Yep. Whereas when you're diverting attention, not only just like diverting attention, but your body's going to be for sure get weaker. Like when you're on deficits, it's getting leaner and leaner the closer you get to showtime. So if that encompasses six months a year, year, it, it doesn't even stay stagnant. It like will bring you back, you know, your, your strength wise, we'll bring you back. Yep. A little for sure. So, um, you know, it'll come down to maybe staggering it a little bit or just like, all right, if you make a push, if you're like next two years, I'm going to make a push, but it's tough to do it all right. When you're it's, it's, or, or you could do it, but just, you have to manage expectations where, all right. Um, you know, within the same year, it's going to be difficult. I'm going to need a couple of years to make a push on certain things. Just going into those judges who are like, I can't, if, if it was me and they're like, dog, your fucking traps are banging. You got to lay off. There's those. Holy shit. I would be like, are you kidding? <laughs> you know how much of an ego boost I would love here? Be like, you are too jacked up top. I'd be like, that is amazing. You could, I couldn't fit oh, my car on the way home. <laughs> they were like, what that's so funny. do less of it. Um, do more, yep. less, less. You're too jacked. It's impossibly jacked. But is it, so have you, so you haven't gone on stage yet, right? No, the goal is um, October 3rd. So we're about eight weeks out now. And um, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen because everything's getting canceled, postponed. Good. But I said, you know, hearing that it was just like, oh my God, like now if I wanted to do like another category, so like they have wellness now, which I feel like I feel like my physique is perfect for wellness, right? I'm too big for bikini, but I'm not developed enough for figure and then physique is like forget it but um I've wanted to compete in wellness before they even brought it over to the states they've only had it out in overseas and um so then when they finally announced like they're bringing it over here it was just like oh my god like I'm doing it I'm doing it and then I was just like and I feel like to a certain extent there is more opportunity with bodybuilding than with powerlifting unless you are a top 
top power lifter, like mm. the best in the world, you know? Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I mean, even then it's still like career wise, maybe, or just to kind of be a name in the industry. It, it, it takes a lot, you know? And so I figured like, this is what I want to do. This is my life. You know, like I want to coach, like I want to, I want to bodybuild. I want to powerlift. Like this is what I want to surround myself with no matter where I go, what I do. And, um, I want to see what I succeed most in and I want to see what's going to take me the furthest. And that's kind of where my mentality went. So when people ask me, I'm like, I have love for both. Like bodybuilding sucks. Do I like doing an hour of cardio a day? No. Do I like <laughs> cutting carbs? No. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I love to see my body change week to week. And I love to see that it's definitely more of a mental, mental journey than anything. I feel like I've played sports, like I said, from when I was literally a year and a half when I started gymnastics up until, you know, high school, I played field hockey, played basketball, ran track. Like I've been athletic my entire life and bodybuilding is by far the most challenging sport. People don't even call it a sport. If you want to call it a sport, great. If not, okay too. <laughs> but it's there. It's, it's so mental. It's a 24 seven sport. And that's what people don't understand is like, you know, a girlfriend says, Hey, like, let's go out. And it's just like, well, A, I can't eat. B, I can't drink. But C, my bedtime is nine o'clock because I have fasted cardio at five the next day. And like, people don't think that, you know? I, my buddy who I was talking about, he 100%, look at it. Like you said, it's not, you, you go on stage, if people want to argue about the sport aspect of it, whatever. Uh, right. It's a pageant, it's pageantry, it's presentation, fine whatever you want to call it. But in terms of what it takes up of your life, he, he every, everything, you, when you're powerlifting, you go to the gym, you smash some weights, you go home. And when you're at home, you're at home, you're doing whatever the shit you want to do at home. When you're bodybuilding, you go to the gym and whatever, it's crazy cardio, smashing weights the whole night. Then you come home, you can't escape it. Every you're you're either hungry or you're tired, or you're like, your hormones are all over because you're not eating as much. And the, like, it's, it's, it's a trip. It's a mental trip and you're never off. And you are constantly taking pictures of your body, singing to your coach and it's being analyzed all the time. You're never off. You were always looking at yourself like, ah, fuck, I got to do this. I got to do that. Someone else is analyzing pictures of you being like, well, here's what it's looking like. And it's, yeah. it's, you don't go away from it. It's 24 seven. Like you said, especially the closer you get to that prep. So it's, it's all encompassing. And there's something about it when people are like, then why would you like, it's, if it, it's so different than powerlifting in terms of what you get from it. Like when you hit a big PR triple, like, Oh fuck, that felt good. Like that was like, you, you like you were saying earlier when it felt like, Holy shit, that moved well. And you had that satisfaction. It's like connecting with a baseball and it flies out the, the stadium. You're like, whoo, might not get that one again. Like, I don't know what yeah. it was, but I, man, I hit that. Whereas with bodybuilding, and I've never done it, but I kind of get where it's the discipline. There's something about sacrificing towards a goal where when you wake up and you're like, there's something about the suffering itself. My buddy was saying, and you, you let me That's know. exactly there's, it, yep. There's something about everyone's going out drinking. I'll go out, but I'm not drinking. And there's something about saying that where you're like, no, but I'm not. And there's, there's a weird... I don't know. What, what do you think it is? What draws you to it where you're like, I like, I like a little sacrifice for my goal? I think 
obviously the end goal is to win, right? And you know that you're never going to win. Or if you love the idea of, of the sport or winning, or you just envision every day, like, you know, yourself on stage and you're posing and you're doing, and you, you want that, right? So that, that image is right here, but you know, you can't get there unless you do all of that sacrificing and all of that suffering. It's like, you're never, you're never going to succeed. And I, it puts so much mental strength in you. It's like, I feel like if you can go through a bodybuilding prep and succeed and, you know, place and do well, and I shouldn't even say it like that because there's people who suffer really, really bad and still don't do well. But if you can go through that prep alone, right. And, and just get on stage and know that you're like, Hey, I gave this every single ounce of me. Like I gave it everything I had. I woke up every morning knowing that I did what I could, you know, I didn't cheat on my diet. I got as much sleep as I could. I prioritized my everything. Like, you know, my training, nutrition, hydration, whatever it is. Like, it's just one of those things where you, you really do, like you almost feel like unstoppable. Mm. And I did my first bodybuilding show in 2018 with an organization called um, the WBFF, which is Worldwide Beauty, Fitness, and Fashion. And that alone should say enough. Um, however, they were not really looking at the girl's physique. So it's like 30% physique, 30% presentation, 30% like hair and make, like it was all about like the way it could have been anything, right? Even if mm. a girl's face was prettier, she was going to place well, which is so screwed up because it's like, you just take away from all of the hard work that everybody else has put in. And um, I'll be honest with you, that organization at an amateur level is a complete shit show. And anybody, and now I came in like dead last place. And I love saying that because it's like that, going through that three month prep and just like, oh my God, an hour fasted cardio, an hour post cardio, which by the way, I, you should never do two hours of cardio a day. However, my coaches were not the best coaches. And I just listened to whatever they said. They told me to do that. I did it. They told me to just eat green beans for one meal. I did it. Like whatever they told me, I listened. And I just know that like, the mental state, like there were times where I would go into the locker room and I would just start bawling my eyes out. I couldn't even finish a workout. Like I was just like, so hungry. I'm so tired. But like, I would go back to the gym. I would, I would finish it. I would go home and like, I was miserable, but, and then putting all that work and then putting your suit on and getting your tan, getting your hair, your makeup, and then you get on stage and you, <laughs> you don't even place. It's like, that drove me to just like, all right, like now I'm going to come for like, what's mine. Cause I know that I have what it takes to do well in bodybuilding, like my physiques, my genetics, just everything that can carry me. Right. And having age on my side as well is like the biggest thing. Like you see so many of these pros, right? Like I'm watching a lot of the girls now that are competing in wellness and they're in their late twenties, early thirties, even some of them are in their late thirties and they're, and they're turning pro and they look great. And I'm like, imagine where I could be in 15 years from now. Mm, like yeah. I've only been doing this for six. Like imagine what I, you know, I, and same thing with strength too. Like you were saying, like, it's just having like age on your side definitely helps a lot. And, um, so yeah, so that's pretty much like my, my look on it is just like you, you do, you feel like, 
and it, it's really cool too, like just to see how your your body changes. Like I said, day to day, week to week, like waking up, hitting a new low on the scale, or even like you know going into the gym and you know you wear like even yesterday, like was the first day ever, like I wore a tank top and I'm like, all right, like I'm starting to see a little cut here. And it's like, it all finally starts to feel like it's paying off. You wear tank tops 24 seven for here on out. People like, okay, you're getting close, aren't you? Yeah. You're constantly flexing for no reason. Like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's literally what it is. And you know, like I I know a lot of bodybuilders, like they stay covered up like their whole prep because they're just like, I don't want to see it. Like, Cause I remember about two or three weeks ago, right before, like I kind of started prepping cause I started prepping at 11 weeks out. And, um, I was just like there, I wore a tank. T- I was like, no way right now. I was like, I was like, I don't feel confident. I don't feel happy, but it's just really cool. Like in just three weeks of prepping, like, it's like, holy shit. Like imagine what another eight is going to do. So I do think it is definitely the the mental part and it's not for everybody. Like people people may have the genetics or they may be gifted enough to be able to put on a good amount of muscle mass or drop weight really quickly or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, like if you cannot endure a a three or four month or some people even five month, like bodybuilding prep, because it leads to so many issues. Like I went through the worst eating disorder after my first prep and that was what happened. Why was that? So I was restricted. My coach started me out 16 weeks out for my show at about 1500 calories, which for somebody who trains the way I train and was doing as much cardio as they had prescribed me, there's no way that my body could have survived that long. And usually like, you know, depending on the person, you'll start them like with all my girls, I always start them super high. Like every single girl that I coach, they'll look at their macros and they'll be like, Oh my God, I've never ate this much. And then it's crazy. Cause it's like a week later, they're like, all right, like I'm feeling tighter. I'm feeling leaner. And it's like, food is fuel. Fuel food is not your enemy. Mm. So 16 weeks out is four months, right? Like, and I wasn't even heavy. I was probably 141 pounds. Um, when I first started my prep and I had gotten on stage at 131. So I had only dropped 10 pounds and that was with a water cut as well. So there was no reason for them to look at me and, and need to start my calories so low. So instantly, like I'm, I'm hungry, right? I'm tired. And my, my head is just telling me, just do whatever they say. Right. So I went through with it. And after you get that little bit of taste of food and it was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like I put on about 22 pounds in about three weeks, which most because of it was water. You probably crashed your metabolism as well. You probably slowed it right down. Everything, my hormones, like I didn't get my, I had lost my period for that yeah. whole time. Like everything was just so out of whack. I hadn't tasted sugar in four months. You know, the closest I got to sugar was a little bit of almond butter, <laughs> which had like Jesus three Christ. grams of sugar in it. That's your they, party. Yep. They didn't give me one read feed. Like, the way they coached was just very, very wrong. And now I'm working with a coach who's just phenomenal. You know, like he gives me my weekly refeeds. He has me eating enough calories to fuel my body. But at the same time, I'm still dropping weight and getting leaner. And I know that the last three, four, five, six weeks are, are hard. You know, like you have to start bringing in your physique, right? And this is where it starts to get tough and I'm preparing myself. But for somebody, like I said, when I was 16 weeks out and it's like, you drop them so low and it, it, it screwed everything up. So I did, I went through a really, really bad eating disorder and I just couldn't stop. Like 
there was a point in time where, so I had usually sat around 140. That was a very comfortable weight for me. And got down, like I said, to 131. But then after my show, I could not drop below 155. Like for whatever reason, like, well, for the reason that I kept eating, um, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't see anything lower than that. And then it got worse. 155, 158. I finally, for the first time ever, had pushed 160. And that was when I started powerlifting. And I was like, fuck it. Like if I'm eating, like I'm going to lift heavy and I'm just going to get strong. So that's where I made that transition. And, um, then even after powerlifting, like it was so great. Like I was eating Texas Roadhouse like twice a week. Like I was oh, hell yeah, living your best oh, life. Oh my, yeah. Like, oh my God, all the food, all the carbs. And I was like, I love this. But then I remember looking in the mirror and I was like, I don't love this. And I think a part of that came from just like trying a lot of, I'll be straight up with you. A lot of powerlifters, they, they're like, you know what? I don't give up fuck how I look like this is me I can hit this number this number and this number if you don't like me with my shirt off you can turn the other way and like I wish I had that confidence but for me I've always 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 cared about the way I looked like that was originally what I started doing this for was like I want to look good in a bikini or I want to feel confident in my clothes and when I was powerlifting that I just it was not that so, you know, after Vegas, when I had still dropped, I was still like 148, I put back on a couple pounds and I was like, you know what? I finally feel like this whole eating disorder is like gone. I've had the past six months of eating whatever the hell I wanted. Now it's finally time to start getting back into the swing of things. So that was when I started um, this bodybuilding prep right after Vegas. And then, like I said, April, everything got canceled. So I've actually been prepping pretty much since last November. And I will say that it's taking a toll on my body. Cause it's like, it's so weird how you're, how it works. Like when you're not in prep, it's like, you can look at a, a, a piece of cake or a burger. You'll have a few bites of it. You're like, all right, I'll take it home. I'll save it for later. But the minute right. you're in prep, you just smell something. You're like, what's that? Like, it's like, funny because you can't have it. If if you could have it, you're exactly. like, I could have a, I could have a cake, sure. But if you can't have it, you're like, holy fuck, I want that cake. It, yep, it's the restriction. <laughs> right. That, that's the, yesterday, my friend who also is doing the big cat, um, one of the kids at the gym had Burger King, and um, <laughs> he walks into the gym and he just literally puts. So the kids eating the Burger King, right? And it was his friend and this other guy. Like I said, he's prepping for the bodybuilding show. He literally just puts his head in the Burger King bag and just, he just smells oh, it. And I was like, why are you doing that to yourself? You're, you're, you're like, you're like, you, you dirty whore. Get your face <laughs> out of the bag right now. Oh my God. I was like, I was like, why would you do that? He's like, it just smells so good. I'm like, you're torturing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> literally. But yeah, no. And I just, yeah, for, for whatever reason, there is like that weird, like love for suffering. And, um, you know, I, I can't explain it. And I don't think a lot of bodybuilders can, I just think that it's like, it's very rewarding once it's all said and done. Like I said, you get up on stage, whether you do well or not, like, even like, like I said, my last prep, when I, I came in basically dead last place. And, um, I just was still, I was very, you know, upset. I was really frustrated, but at the end of the day, I was just like, you know what? I, I gave this everything. Like I literally did everything I could. I sacrificed my weekends. You know, I, it was my, um, 
21st birthday, couldn't even do go anything, do go out, do anything, you know, and it's just like things like that where it's like, all right, well, let's see what this next show can bring. And this, this, it gets easier. I will say that because this prep has been, I don't want to say it's easy because it's not, but it, it has been smoother. But when you're not stressed, you don't hold all that extra water. Your hormones are somewhat still in balance if you're eating enough, right? Like I said, I'm eating enough, but enough also to drop weight. Yeah, the cardio kind of sucks. You know, it's not too high right now. Um, about 45 minutes a day, four, four days a week. But I can expect, you know, in the next couple of weeks, it's going to bump up to that hour. And then probably an hour fasted, maybe 15, 20 minutes intervals posted. Like, you know, it does get hard. But it's like, you know what? Once I get on stage, I'm going to look at myself in the first day of prep to then. And I'm just going to be like, wow, like in 11 weeks, like I was able to make like such a crazy transformation. And um, with powerlifting, like you get that because strength, right? But the way, and I, I don't know if this is going to come out right, but like you see your strength like in your head, right? But like you see your physical appearance like in person. Does that make sense? Here's... So here's the thing. Um, well, two things I want to say. What listening to you, I 100% get the fact that something that bodybuilding is probably teaching you is um, enjoying the process and the journey, not just the end day, because that's out of your control. And fuck it, you, you can't, if you base four months, was your four months successful off of three, three four people's opinions on one day? you're you're never gonna win that's in life that's a shitty sample one day is not four months prep your prep what you gained the suffering the sacrifice when you leave them be like if someone's like everyone's everyone's tough until they get tested right and you could be like excuse me i've been tested don't talk like in terms of discipline in terms of like yeah, staying yeah, on yeah. the game plan in terms everything you've been through it's like i've been tested and i've been through it so whatever the shit someone says on the end day that's up to their opinion, but what you gain from it in terms of knowledge and everything, even about your body, where you say like this calories didn't work that much of exercise a day doesn't work. Everything you took from that isn't just, what was your placing that day, man, what you gain like in terms of, you know, the mental Correct. fortitude you can't. And then in terms of um, the bodybuilding versus powerlifting, it's true that like, you can't see strength. Some people, you see guys and girls who look are their size and muscularity does not speak to the strength they have. They would rattle people, shock people. If it's like, let's shift them weight and see what's up. The weight right. they will shift would make you be like, holy smokes. Like it yeah. would, it's crazy. But there is also something about um, being strong. And it, like, I like as a power lifter, I, I do like other things like jujitsu and stuff like that. And like, I enjoy when we, lock horns and someone's like oh fuck man you're strong <laughs> like you feel yeah. that you're like yeah, yeah i got that in my back pocket that's something but even beyond that a guy was on joe rogan and uh just like the last po i love joe rogan podcast and the guy was on there and he lifts weights but he's not like a power lifter but he says he's like in his 50s he he's actually on there because he represents um people who are put in prison unjustly and he gets them out of prison and they were, that's the discussion they were having but they were just talking and Joe Rogan obviously lifts a lot of weights and he's into that. And the guy's like, I love lifting weights. And he said, I noticed when I walk into, a, when I'm, I feel strong, I feel confident. 
you don't know what I could shift. You don't know, like, he also boxes. And he's like, you don't know what I could do. You know, I shift. But when I walk in a room, it's that alpha feeling. Like I stand in yep. front of the judge in the courtroom. You can't put your finger on it, but I feel strong. I feel that way. He's like, when I don't lift, when I don't train, whatever, it hits your confidence. There's something about the way you carry yourself when you're strong. You know, there is a core. It's different. Yeah, uh, it really, really is. And I love, too, when people don't look strong and are super strong. Like, that is awesome, one thing right? I love about the, yeah. the, the sport itself, right? Where you, you said, right, like, you don't look maybe like you really lift that much or lift weight or even go to the gym right like you see that <laughs> that's that's the crazy like i don't ever want to look like i don't look like i go to the gym but there is that's yeah like, that, and it's look, so impressive it's so impressive it's like it's like a superhero oh, wow. isn't it? look at when, exactly. when you see larry wheels you're like and they're like look at that's larry wheels he's one of the strongest people alive well i guess like no shit i could see that coming he's on the beach right. like i would assume he's one of the strongest men i've ever seen right there is there's something awesome about um like heather connor is 100 pounds in yes. the ipf yep. and she's shifting like she could deadlift 400 and whatever pounds and it's like holy like if she walked into the gym you didn't know who she was people would be like what the fuck is going on right i love yep, that yep. feeling too like if you could walk in there kind of like you know you see in movies and just all of a sudden start shifting weights and it looks it staggers people there's something cool about that too yes and that that's another thing with strength and like people people don't understand it right they're like oh who cares about being strong like don't you care about the way you look and I'm like I care about both right but I'm like mm. but there's something that's also just like bodybuilding right like you get addicted to looking better and having you know your physique come in better but with strength like there's always that number you're chasing no matter yeah. what it is and that's what like and I kind of feel like I'm starting from scratch right now right like I got under a bench we're all gonna laugh here about two weeks ago just to like see right and I I hit 95 for a set of six and I was like <laughs> I was like this is what happens when you don't bench in seven months now I know if I were to start benching consistently like I would get back into the swing of things. And, and that wasn't even like, you know, but I'm just like, wow, wow. Like it's, I'm starting all over. Right. You're like, I <laughs> like, wish I did how... see. You're like, I, wish... <laughs> I, I would have preferred to not have seen now that I opened the door and took a peek. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's exactly how I felt. And I was just like, I felt really discouraged. Cause I was like, you know what? Like maybe my one rep max right now, if I were to test it on bench is like 140, 145. But I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm going to take it for what it is. I'm going to finish this bodybuilding prep. I'm going to see where that goes, right? Because there's always like that next move. So for example, right, like if, if all goes well, which, you know, we're hoping, you know, my coach might say, all right, let's, let's go for a national show, depending on how I place and how I do and what the judges feedback is. But they could also say to me, okay, you need like a good year off season to like just build. And like, what am I going to do in that time? I'm going to go back to powerlifting right so it's like I don't know what's going to happen until after I get on stage right but that's the good thing about being able to do both at, at right now at least um obviously if like I were to ever turn pro with the IFBB and like that like I said become like a career and competing like is something that I have to do whether it's because I'm sponsored or you know whatever the case may be then that's that's a decision I have to make further on but the fact that like they had told me like now powerlifting granted it had benefited me in the most ways for my lower body development. A lot of people ask me, they're like, 
how do you get your legs so big? I'm like, because I squat a lot. Mm. I throw weight on the bar, you know? But like for an overall physique, it's just, it's not what they're looking for. So it's like I said, I like, I'm never going to know until like, let's get on stage in October. Let's see how that goes. Let's see the judges feedback. Like I said, they could tell me like, Hey, listen, you look great, but we need a little bit more size on you. We're going to, you know, I would say take a year off, go, go train, do what you got to do, eat and grow. And, um, cause like you were saying with your friend, like you look great. Like you look great now. Like I'm full now. I look good. But when I lose another 10, 15 more pounds, it's like, I'm shrinking yeah. and they, I could look maybe good now, but not lean enough. But when they see me on stage, it's like, where did your quads go? Like you just, you you know, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But, um, the goal for me is definitely like, I, I do want to get back on a platform. Um, soon I I'm inching for it I'm like I want it I want it you know and I want to see like where I can go if I were to go through like another 12-week block like a training block just to see like where my strength would be at um because right now like I said I do my programming for myself but when I'm not tired I'm not fatigued I'm going to the gym with only maybe 900 calories in me because I like to save a lot of my food for the end of the night yeah yeah, I save my food for like the end of the night because that's where I get like the most cravings before I go to sleep. So if I can eat two or three meals before bed, I feel a little bit more full. So that's like a decision I make, right? So I'm like, you know what? If I'm pushing squat today and I have like RP8, sometimes I do RP10, you know, <laughs> I'll push it. I'll just like, I just want to feel strong. And that's like, that's where I get discouraged too because I'm like, fuck, like, I'm like, yeah, like I'm starting to look okay, but like my strength is gone, but it's always, it's always going to come back. You know, I may not ever be as strong as I once was, or I may suppress that, you know, like I'm never going to know until like I get back to really training, but doing both is definitely, it's rewarding, but it's also, it kind of sucks like that. You can't do both at the same time. It's I the, the one thing I like about powerlifting um, talking about like the prep you have going into a bodybuilding show. And at the end of the day, it's going to be someone else's opinion and their opinion, yeah. what are they looking for? Everyone's got different opinions where exactly it's a number. It's a, it's a numerical value attached to your goal. doesn't matter. Gravity's gravity. I deadlifted off the floor this much weight. And when you're, sh- when you're like striving towards that goal, it's not about opinion. It doesn't matter what, like there's three judges. Yeah. But still it's a whole lot more basic than let's say judging someone's physique. What are they looking for necessarily? Right. And that's where I like about powerlifting. There's a little bit of that. Um, and being like 23, man, what you're doing now, it, it would be, I feel like like obviously when you're young, you have nothing but options moving ahead. Who knows what, what direction you can go when you have so much time to hit so many of these goals and just be like this year, I'm doing this next year. I'm doing that. But I think there really is something to the effect of when people go to your Instagram, they see you, you don't only look the way you look, but the fact that you can shift that weight and the fact you can do what you like, your body can produce shit that people would be, you become that person like, Oh wow. Do you know how strong she is? Like it's, it's a, there's a coolness factor. Like, where a girl could show her boyfriend, take a look at this girl. This is a girl I follow. I want to try to look like. And then the guy's like, oh, shit. And then the girl's like, do you know how much she squats? Do you know how much she could check this out? It's like, that is. It was like, what? 
yes, throw 400 pounds on her back and she's going to take it. There's something there that makes it like a whole nother level. Cause there's other girls that will be in these shows, but they can't necessarily do what you do. At least not like when you go into your powerlifting prep and there's something about, right. there's something about like, when you know, it's why people like look up to athletes, you know, when they could perform these feats. So even if you're not 100% into powerlifting and you're kind of one foot in and you're off seasons here and there, maintaining that strength and every now and then posting up a squat video, even if you think like, look at this isn't like elite level squat in terms of if I'm 100% in powerlifting, it's going to be better than 99.9% .9 of the population watching your, vi your videos. They're going to be like, holy shit, it's going to mean something. And um, like, I, I'm not crazy into bodybuilding, but when I look at bodybuilders, if I see what they could do, they shift weight. It means a whole lot more to me. What they've accomplished, what they look For like. sure. Why yep. look strong if you're not strong? Like to an extent, I don't, you don't need to be a powerlifter. Yes. If you're weak as shit. Correct, yeah. It's not as impressive. If, it's a letdown when I see a guy super jacked. I'm like, oh, okay. And then if I see a video of like The Rock and if he's squatting like three plates, it's going to hurt my heart. I don't even want to see right. it. You know what I'm saying? Where if I see a guy who's jacked or a girl and it's like they're shifting some weight, I'm like, all right, okay, good. Yep. It means a little no, bit. No, you're a hundred percent. It does. It does. I think that they, they kind of, they complement each other. And a lot of the times, like you hear about powerlifters and they're just like, oh, they eat like shit. They don't really care about, they're not healthy. They're constantly putting you know, all this crap into their body just because they want to just fuel themselves for whatever lift. And I'm like, yeah. And like, I think that that's where powerlifting kind of gets a bad name from what I've experienced is like, how can you promote being healthy when you're literally eating junk all day or you're sitting there with a, pa a pack of fucking <laughs> Sour Patch Kids chugging Gatorade? Like, right. how could you be healthy, right? And it's like, I don't think powerlifters ever promote being healthy. I think they promote what they do on the platform, right? Sometimes, yeah, like, it depends. <laughs> I mean, you got guys like like Lane Norton who... Um, correct, I correct. Mean, like, it, it, it really does depend. You're right. You, you will have powerlifters who are like, I give a fuck. I just want to shift weights. And I don't care what I look like. I don't, whatever. And then you do have... It's a weird world. Like you said earlier with powerlifters, you, they come in all shapes, sizes. They come in all yeah. backgrounds and... It's, it's weird, but you're right. There are some people, I think it's changing a little bit with communication and social media, whatnot, people giving more information on nutrition and mobility work, whatnot. Cause there's some people who they're powerlifting coaches and they talk and they know, like, like the guy from squat university, they have that level of knowledge on mobility. Yes, yes. Make sure, you know, you're, there's no imbalances in the body and powerlifters now because of individuals kind of like yourself as well, coming from the bodybuilding world. So in terms of nutrition, macros, all those nutrients that you think, like, I know my targets I need to hit. There's some powerlifters who like have macro targets and, and make sure they don't dip too far below. And they have like these other protocols in place for mobility, whatnot. But then you're right. There are some powerlifters who are like three sheets to the wind. Hey, fuck it. I need carbs. So I'm smashing Sour Patch Kids. And I'm, you know, yes. just, uh. it's different. It's different. Every powerlifter you meet, like you're going to get, you, it is it's just a completely there is no one size fits all and I think that that just learning about that has made me kind of because I think that like novice gym goers or like people who don't really know the sport they kind of just walk in and they have this idea of like 
you know, again, it's, it's just straight ignorance where, again, like I said previously, like, that's where I was at one point. Like, oh, like, I don't want to be a female powerlifter because I don't want to look that way. But it's like, I see some of the strongest females who are not big and jacked and, and that dense look. And it's like, it's inspiring because it's like, holy shit, like they're strong and they don't have to look like, you know, I, I, they don't want to look borderline feminine, masculine. That's right. pretty much the best way to put it. Um, but then you get those people who also look great and are super strong. Like they're so, it's just so cool to see. Like, I mean, you're going to, you're going to get it everywhere. You're going to get all, like you said, shapes, sizes. And, and I think that that's probably like the coolest thing about it. But another thing too, is, is like, coming from a bodybuilder standpoint, like now when I go into a powerlifting prep and even before, like I did kind of fall off the deep end a little bit. And I was, like I said, I was like Texas roadhouse. I was just like fueling up, fueling up, but like, I want to see what my body can perform maybe in a slight surplus or at maintenance, but like eating clean because mm. I feel so much different when I'm fueling myself with junk versus when I'm fueling myself with the proper like nutrients that I need. And even like now the fact that like my diet is so clean right now, like I still go into the gym and I'm like, okay, I'm not as strong as I once was, but like, I don't feel so fatigued. I don't feel so tired. I feel like my body doesn't feel so heavy. And, um, it's funny cause Sean Mills, the, the kid that's 19, yeah. who's hitting like these crazy numbers. Like he's a friend of mine. And like, he eats like ramen noodles every day and he's like that's doesn't it kill you we're like god damn it must be nice literally right and he still like looks great whatever like and i'm like do you meal prep and he's like nope he's like everything he eats is just like out of a pack and i'm like could you imagine like what your body would do if you could just like your genetics are like you're a genetic freak like this kid is seriously a genetic freak i'm like what you could do if like you just like fueled yourself a little like better right and he's just like oh, you know he's young he's like oh i'm not worried about it he's like ramen well, do noodles you, are doing me just great right now do like, you think though do you think though like uh, so there's a balance where okay so when we're talking about bodybuilding can totally encompass your life 24 7 and there is a balance for some people who are like look at at whatever age he's 19 but at certain to be honest at any age some people are like look i don't want this to totally encompass me where i lose myself into yeah do you ever think about that <laughs> yes yourself at yes yes like, and i want to say a lot i am and i'm miss, i'm missing a lot a lot like i don't even remember what mcdonald's tastes like okay <laughs> like, things like that right and it's just like you get so hard on yourself but at the same time like i look at it like I look at the overall picture, right? Like I would love to be in a point in my life where I can have that cheat meal freely, like kind of not just being prepped for anything, but that's my biggest thing is like, I always want to be doing something, right? Like I'm always trying to pick a show out or pick a meet or like, I'm like, let me do this. And I'm like, why are you rushing this? Right. I think the biggest thing with powerlifting is I want to set those records before I turn 24. So I just felt like I needed to like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And now with wellness, with it being like the new division with MPC, the biggest thing now is, is like, it's a new division. They don't know what they're looking for. I need to get on stage. I need to show them like, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, just like take a minute, regroup, maybe just take a good six months and just live, just live life. Maybe just go to the gym when you feel like going to the gym or do cardio when you feel like doing cardio or 
kind of just be free with it because it does it consumes your entire life Mm -hmm. and I think that like with just being a coach and this being my lifestyle and also working in a gym with clients like I feel like I have to maintain an image right where I have to look a certain way or I have to maintain my strength because if I gain 15 20 pounds and I'm like fuck it I'm living my life right now it's going to be like, oh, she let herself go. Like, she's not healthy. So like, and I think that's the biggest thing for me with like work, right? Is like, I, and again, maybe this is a little ignorant of me, but like, I've always looked at it this way, right? Like people can be the smartest people in the world, right? But when they don't ap- apply their own principles to themselves, it makes it hard for people to trust them, right? So you see a lot of nutrition coaches out there who are super, super intelligent, right? Right they post all this great knowledge, but you look at them and they're not really in the greatest shape or they're maybe overweight. And it's like, that's where it gets a little like, do I trust this person? Do I want to hire them as a coach? Because it's like, you can look great and not know shit, but then you can look like shit and not, and know everything. It's like, it's so, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, like, I just want to have it both. Like I want to look great and be able to have the knowledge of it as well. So I can just say, all right, like if there's any part of you that's feeling like you can't trust it, I'm going to show you why you can. And so, especially, you know, with social media and stuff, like, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of people do follow me for the powerlifting aspect because there was a point in time over quarantine where I was losing like hundreds of followers and I was so confused and I was like, I wasn't posting really any of my squat videos. I had just announced like, hey, I'm going back into bodybuilding. Like people are like, oh, we don't want to see her physique. We want to see her squat. Isn't that different too? Isn't that, it's almost, it's almost refreshing where it's like, to be your 23 year old girl and you're like oh, you're into me not just for my body you actually want to see what I could do there's something, <laughs> there's something wholesome about it anyways right yeah there is but then on the <laughs> other end of the spectrum there's been times where I've been told by men that I'm too muscular and they are not attracted to me physically oh, and it's wow. like yeah <laughs> but you know what it's so crazy because it's like again it goes back to opinions it's like there's so many people are always going to have an opinion and I think that right. that's where you just learn to just stop trying to please everybody right like there was a point in time where I wanted to give up powerlifting for a guy and he didn't like it he hated that I powerlifted he was just like I like uh, he liked a smaller petite figure and I was like if, uh, you know I'm like you know what I'll stop powerlifting like if that's what you want like that and then I'm thinking like fuck you man yeah exactly <laughs> like, it's like dude why like, did you start dating me then like, like, right like that's like, not me I, exactly like and it was just one of those things where I was just like and I'll never forget it and this is what this is what turned me off the absolute complete so like we were just friends right and we were talking one day in the gym and like I was like you know like I think like I'm gonna kind of put powerlifting like on hold right now and he's like you should have done that a long time ago and I was like you just whatever you know what and like that was it that was what washed my hands with the whole situation and I was like, you know what, now I'm really going to power lift because this is what I love to do. And yeah. I'm not going to let somebody ever take that away from me. And I always, and I feel like I get that a lot. Just like, I feel like anybody on social media that has even like a little bit of a following, like, it's just like, you're going to get so many different opinions from it. Like my <laughs> direct messages are crazy sometimes. <laughs> and like, yeah, like you get, you're going to get so many different opinions of, and at the end of the day, I'm just like, just do what you love. Like, I I do. I love both. Like I, 
have that feeling like that in my heart. Like when I stepped on the platform in August and September, back in November, like whenever it was when I competed, I was just like, like there's something you fall in love with. And I'm hoping that I get that with bodybuilding. Cause like I have been on stage before, but I think it was a little different cause it wasn't really what I was meant to be doing at the time. Right. Like I kind of just did it cause I wanted to compete, but it wasn't like a category that's like, like people look at me and they're like, you are wellness. Like those girls that you post on your story all the time, like you look like them. Right. Oh, is that the and wellness? Like, okay. So I see them. That's the wellness category. Yeah. So wellness right. is basically just a very, a, I don't want to say petite upper body because the girls do have like a little bit of shoulders, but they're not capped shoulders. They're just a little bit of shoulders, Um, kind of a softer looking core, but you can still see visible abs and then just big quads, big glutes, big hamstrings. So that is, and it was out in Brazil for a while. um, And like I said, overseas, because that's just where those girls are really genetically gifted in building those, those physiques. And I think that's partially a reason why they didn't bring it over to the U.S. for so long, because that type of physique, it's not something that you can just, you can just get up and do, right? Like you have to be genetically geared to be able to put that kind of muscle mass on your lower body while staying feminine. And that's the biggest thing. So women's figure and women's physique, um, they want striations, they want you know, they don't mind the masculine look of it. Um, however, with wellness, they are literally telling you like they want you to remain feminine and they still want it to be a very feminine category. So it's almost between bikini and figure, but the bikini girls are just very, very, like I said, they're very small. Um, so it's almost those girls that are kind of stuck between two where they're like, I don't want to go like full on out to be like a figure physique competitor, but I kind of want to maintain that, that image. And now with it just being a trend, right? Every girl wants big, butt, a big, butt, big glutes, big legs. They're like, this is perfect because this is what girls are are training for. So I think the category is going to do very well here in the States, but again, it's going to be something that it's like, either have it or you don't have it and um that's where i I was about to say it it, 100 that's what girls train for now like on instagram like all the girls powerlifting that is more or less like when you the way you describe that category these girls this is what's like the in physique now for sure the trend yeah it is it's such a yep it's in it's like and like i said like powerlifting has only benefited me and like i i never regret it right because i it's actually funny. Like I posted maybe a couple months ago, like a before and after powerlifting to after. And it's like the amount of size I freaking put on my quads and just like that six to seven months of just like nonstop powerlifting, like was crazy. And it's like, I couldn't even do that in two years of just leg pressing or, <laughs> or yeah. leg extent, you know, whatever it was. And I was like, the one sport has always benefited the other. Powerlifting has benefited my size you know, minus a couple things, like they had said, my traps, whatever, but it's benefited my size for bodybuilding, but bodybuilding has also benefited me for powerlifting as well, because all those accessory work that I do for conditioning, those are firing up all those little muscles that I didn't know that I really had. And then it translates over where like, even now, right? Like I've been drilling hamstrings just because that's a, a weak point for me right now. So when I hit my back post for bodybuilding, my glutes are coming in, but my hamstrings kind of aren't really there. But now when I get stuck in the hole at the bottom of a squat, and now that I'm, I switched to low bar as well, 
I'm like, wow, my hamstrings are stronger <laughs> drilling hamstrings and it's correlating over. So it's like, I feel like having that like power build mentality. Cause I know a lot of power lifters, like they'll go in, they'll do their, their three lifts or whatever they have programmed, but they don't do. And that was one thing my coach really focused on. He was just like, listen, like I obviously want you to get your, your single or your volume work or whatever we have programmed for today, but I want you to make sure you're going out there and you're finishing all of the accessory work to help you build your weak points. And, you know, that's where you get into like conjugate training and, you know, whatever. But I just feel like one has always benefited the other. And I feel like you, if you can flip flop between the two or, or have that mentality where it's not just powerlifting or just bodybuilding, like, I think you can actually be like an overall balanced athlete. And I think that's where a lot of the girls really like coaching with me. Cause like I get a lot of girls where I don't, I don't feel comfortable coaching for powerlifting meets. Like I'm certified in strength and conditioning, but when it comes down to it, it's experience over everything. And I had one girl who insisted she was, it was a local meet, And she was like, you're my idol. And she's like a friend of mine. She's like, just coach me, coach me, coach me. And I'm like, all right. So I ran my coaching over. I talked to my coach about it. And I was like, how does this look? He's like, everything looks okay. And I kind of just gave it to her. And I was just like, but listen, I was like, I, I told you, like, I'm not a powerlifting coach. Yeah. I do specific lifestyle coaching. And um, I don't do bodybuilding coaching either, because I'll be honest with you, I don't think I ever will. I don't, I blame my old coaches, right? And I still to this day blame them because of the way that their approach was. But then I have to be open minded and think, well, maybe that was what worked for other athletes. So they used it on me as well. Right. And I don't want any girl to ever go through an eating disorder or go through something that I went through and being like, it's Gabby's fault. Cause at the end of the day, we always blame other people. We never want to take responsibility for our own actions. Right. Right. Learning what my coaches did from being a coach and other coaches, it was improper. They should have never started me and done what they did. However, Again, if that's the only way they knew how to do things, then I shouldn't blame them. But that was what, what I said was, I don't want anybody to ever feel like I starved them or I screwed up their love for training because they went through these preps or like, I just, so I'm like, you know what, lifestyle coaching, we're going to eat, we're going to train and we're going to enjoy life, you know? And that was where I kind of made the decision where that's only what I want to do. But, um, you know, overall, I just said to myself, like, I don't feel, like I said, I don't feel comfortable necessarily coaching for strength training and for bodybuilding. So that was, that was kind of the decision I made, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, maybe that'll change in the future. I well, like, feel like more, I was going somewhere with that. And I don't well, remember where ex- I was going with that. <laughs> the, the more experience you get, the more confidence, like the more sample size you get, the more you can, yeah pivot and be like, all right, this is more for you and customize it as opposed to being like, this is the template I use on almost everybody. So I'm going to plunk it on you. And if it doesn't work, you end up just like totally, you know, kiboshing somebody's progress, but it is almost part and partial with like bodybuilding, any of the different categories, you're going to be, they're going to be in depletion in terms of calorie deficits. So you're going to, you know, I know what you mean. We're like, I'm going to make you eat less, train hard, you might mentally, even if it's proper, mentally, you might have some reservations against me after this. And then when people bring up my name, like this isn't going to be an enjoyable experience at all times. It, that's just, right. 
and you're you're being like, I don't know if I want to put someone through that. If you do it to 20 people, at least three or four people are going to walk away being like, fuck Gabby. Because you're going to have, 20 people are going to have a shitty experience because even if it goes right. good, it's hell. So exactly, bodybuilding isn't even for you. You won't blame bodybuilding in the process. You'll probably just blame me. It's way it's, it is what it is. It is. Like, it, 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 you could have said it better. And honestly, that's just like, and I feel like that's a fear. And like, I have a lot of fears. Like I, I do like people think, and they look at me and they're like, Oh yeah, you're, you're so like strong minded and you have like all this willpower. And like I do to a certain extent, but there's also a lot of me who, who fears a lot. And, and now recently, because I look back at where, so just at this time, really last year, I think I had maybe like, I don't know, four or 5,000 followers. And it was really kind of just local people. Like it wasn't really, I would say like a year and a half ago, but like kind of before I started powerlifting and then like the more following I get, like the more like social media just kind of just prints this image in your head where it's like, you have to like make everybody happy, right? Like whatever you're posting, you have to like post for everybody, not just for like a certain group of people. So I feel like, you know, I have to suppress these fears and kind of get past them where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do my first powerlifting um, client, or I'm going to do my first bodybuilding client. And we're going to see if this person trusts me to, 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 you know, coach them, let me do it. But there is, there's a lot of fears and like, same thing with like, and just even like with myself and my training, I mean, there I'm like terrified. I hate to say it, but I am like, I'm terrified to get on stage. Cause I'm just like, you know, what if I'm not lean enough? I look at other girls that are eight weeks out now and I'm like, they're so much more conditioned than I am. Or, you know, you're always going to like, just be like, what if, what if, what if, what if? And I think you are right with experience. You just, you just learn, you know, you do it. And, um, for a while, like with powerlifting, I never really had the, besides hitting death, I never really had many fears of powerlifting. Um, there are times, of course, you, I've been scared to like get under a number, but I think the overall sport itself is like, it, it kind of fueled me, which is something that I don't get with bodybuilding. It's a little bit different with bodybuilding. I have a lot of fears and not just with like placing, but just like, what if I, would have done this for two weeks of my prep or what if I would have started a month earlier or like what if what if what if what if right because again it's based off of the way you look and only time can change the way you look and now mm. time can change the way you sh your strength is too but strength is a little bit different because like even for instance I remember just changing my grip in my bench and all of a sudden 15 pounds was added to my bench just by going a little bit wider just learning to break the bar yeah. I think he's out things like that right those things can be changed. I don't want to say instantly, but they could be changed like a lot quicker, right. Than losing weight, losing weight is just, it happens as it happens. And, um, I think like, I never really had like the fears I have with bodybuilding that I, or with powerlifting that I do with bodybuilding. And I think that's what makes me kind of want to continue powerlifting. Cause I'm just like, I feel like natural at it with bodybuilding it's a little bit different. Like, yeah, do I have the shape that they're looking for? Yeah. Could I get conditioned the way they want? Yeah. But like with powerlifting, like I know when I get under a bar, I'm like, this just feels like this feels natural. And I think that's where like, I know for a fact, like I'm not going to ever give it up. 
And, you know, I'm hoping next year sometime I do get back on a platform, hopefully with 2021, everything kind of starts to get, get back to normal. But I don't know. I just, I, I like, I, this whole conversation, like I'm thinking, like just talking, right. I'm trying to hear myself. Like, you just had a moment. Even, you just had a life changer moment in this podcast. You're like, I got an announcement to make apparently <laughs> by the end of the podcast. You're like, I have retired from fitness and I'm back into powerlifting. Your coach is like, what the fuck happened on that podcast? <laughs> oh my God. That's literally where I'm at right now. I'm like, I just have a life changing moment. Right exactly. Now. I do. Like I miss it. I miss it a lot. You know, like today, I have squats on the menu and we're going to see what, what, what happens, but it's just like, that feels more natural to me. And that's where I, like, I feel like my love is like, I never dread going into the gym, squatting, benching or deadlifting. I then dread, you know, like I said, my cardio or my accessory work. And I'm just like, it is, there's so many ups and downs to both of it. It's like, I'm really curious. Like I'm actually really curious to see like where I end up like where where I go where my path goes because I know at one point or another and it doesn't have to be now or anytime soon but I will make a decision between the two unless I just kind of want to be mediocre at both you know like unless I'm like you know what screw what the judges say about my traps (laughs) I'm going up on stage with big traps you know and just like get on stage for fun but for me it's never been for fun it's always been for a medal a record a placing like and that's where I kind of like get a little hard on myself because I'm just like fuck like why am I so competitive like and I think a lot of it does root from being a gymnast like as a gymnast it's an individual sport you know and with gymnastics like I traveled everywhere for gymnastics like we I was homeschooled for it like it was really it's like intense you know yeah like you are in the gym literally two a days like you have morning sessions you go back at night you know like it's, it's a lot. And I think that that's where I learned like my discipline for it. Um, and my parents always told me that they're just like, you have been disciplined ever since, you know, you were younger. Cause it's just like, you weren't allowed to go to school dances. You weren't allowed to have boyfriends. You weren't allowed to play other sports. Like you, you could, you were literally like, and you see gymnasts like in the Olympics and stuff like these girls are 13, 14, 15 years old. Like they're so young. And it's like, in order to be that great of an athlete at such a young age, you have to, it's, it's that it's, there's no life outside of that sport. And, um, so I think that that definitely, you know, carried over to, to bodybuilding, to powerlifting. Cause it's, it is, it's an individual sport. Like I enjoy playing field hockey, but I'm just like, this person's a ball hog. Or like, well, you know, there's, or like, there's no, there's no question. That was your formative years. And you're doing two a days. You're doing personal trained. You're for, this is what builds you who you are. And that's if that's how you came up. And that's all you know. Um, listen, we're, we're coming up on on two hours. I'm actually. I know. Family. I just my, said that. Well, my my brother is like uh, we're at the family cottage, and I'm supposed to be helping. And we got a bunch of projects. I'm, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, I told we had a podcast going, but uh, I feel like we, we we're gonna have to do this again because this two hours flew seamlessly. And yeah, they did go fast. So, 100 percent um close to the show like let's have you back i feel like i want to know how this process ends up and how you feel so either right before the show or maybe after is probably better time and when you've got the cars back in you and you're back on track but let us know well, i'm going to keep posting you and keep in touch for sure and um Sounds let's good. do this again because all know, right it's a good journey one question i always ask well first off if people want coaching how do they get a hold of you 
my website. It's on my, um, it's the link in my bio. Okay. And, so. um, and what's, and for people listening, what's the Instagram handle? It's Gabrielle underscore Santa Rosa. Bingo, bingo. And anybody you want right. to thank before we let you go? Everybody who listened for two hours, I appreciate you. We, we are normally two hours. This is an extra long. We're usually about hour and a half, two hours. I have done three hours before as well. Holy shit, I yeah. Go, look, at two hours flew. I could go whatever, but um, only because I know my brother's going to be like, dog, <laughs> we're, we got to get, he's about to put me to work. But um, listen, I appreciate you coming on. Um, we got. Thank keep, you for having me. Yeah, we'll keep in touch. I'll keep posting and uh, we'll have you back. After the show, we'll All right. more news. Good luck. Sounds good. All right. Stay I appreciate safe out it. There. Talk to you later. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.